0: Good evening. Uh, this was my uh, third trip that I got to go on to El Salvador. And and each year it keeps getting better. And uh, one thing I really appreciated, especially about the location this year, was that we got to work with the same congregation that we started last year. And we got to see it grow. It went from a place that didn't even have a building to a place with a building that was like, had some fans had had a baptistry outside, and it was a it, it had it had a structure to it and it was amazing to see how a congregation from Mount Juliet can influence people in El salvador and uh, I, I got to help with uh, several different aspects of the trip uh, one of them uh, I, I was helping with the uh, children's class which Honestly, I thought, okay, this is about to be a disaster. I'm awful with kids. I can barely, I can barely correct kids in English, let alone try and get them to sit down in Spanish. But I learned that the best thing to do is just love on them. And when they're acting up, just be like, just smile at them and just try and nicely correct them or try and play soccer with them. There was one kid who he was. He was kind of getting on on all the teachers' nerves and all that, and and I just got to the point where I was like, "All right, I'll I'll try and take care of him," and just passed a soccer ball with him back and forth, and he was there every day. And I also got to uh, go on Bible studies with uh, with uh, David Shannon and uh, with Carlos Hernandez Jr., who's one of the smartest people that I've met in the Bible, and. Uh, th- there are two people that really stuck out to me that I studied that we studied with. Uh, one of them was a guy who was about my age, and he knew everything about. He, he was getting everything that we were saying, but uh, and he said, "All right, c- come back tomorrow morning and g- get, give me another. Give me tonight to think about it, about the deciding to be a Christian or not." And we walked by the next day and. He sees us and he closes his door. It, it reminded me of in Acts when uh, Paul's talking to the king's name's passing me right now. But and he, the king says, "You nearly persuaded me to become a Christian." So you're going to have those. We're going to have some of those on our stateside campaign. We're going to have people that we think, okay, this person's about to be baptized. They, they know what they need to do there. They're mentally prepared, so you think, and then then they're just not ready to commit, but we just got to keep going and planting the seed and Another one was there's a girl who was about my age too, and she had and she had a baby, and we studied with her and her mom and th- they had their house it was mainly all outside they just had it was basically just a shelter, like a roof, and they they let us in. And they gave up their they gave up their chairs to let us sit down. And I was and that was impressive to me because they were they were like standing up holding a baby while we were sitting down. I, I tried to get up and give them my seat, but they were like, No, we insist. And that there's rich soil down there in El Salvador and all of Central America for uh for missions. And another uh another one that stuck out to me was I got to go to uh, Tanaka one day, and that day there were there was a mom and her uh, and her daughter were baptized. And right after they were baptized, we went to uh, we went to the school to uh, to evangelize to the kids. And that was the school that she went to, and she was there that that day at school telling her friends about the church and inviting them. It's awesome to see when you have stories like the the guy who. Nearly became a Christian, that and that kind of gets you down. And then, then when you study with someone for a while, and they just don't, they just don't, uh, they just don't accept it, like the, uh, like the mom and and her uh, and her daughter and the baby. It's, that, that also kind of gets you down. But then when you see stuff like that, it's like we're we're doing a lot of good down here. We're reaching out to a lot of people. I don't remember exactly how many people were baptized, and all the exact numbers. Uh, Buck's going to tell us about that. But I mean, overall, it was a really great campaign. And they also had some really good food down there, too. The cooks kept us well fed, and also, saw a, uh, also enjoyed a very good snack down there. I don't know why it hadn't come to America yet. Cheetos covered in barbecue. Why has that not come here? but uh we, we studied with the shop owner there we we developed a good relationship with the with that, uh, with the guy that uh, that owned the shop and we studied the Bible with him and we studied the Bible with his dad i'm it, i'm not sure the exact status on where they are with that now, but they're they were really interested in their wanting follow up studies there and they, wanted to, they want to know the truth. And a lot of them don't know the truth. And then when they hear it, they realize that what they've learned is wrong. And that, that's, our, that's our job. We've got to tell people what they need to know. Because some people think they know what they need to do, but it's not what they need to do. It's not what the Bible says they need to do. And that's why we go. That's why we go and we reach out to them.
1: Thank you, Carter. We might need to give him an MRI to see what's in that belly. (laughs) Um, I apologize. We had some pictures for you guys, but we just couldn't get it to work. Uh, I think they're still working on them, and hopefully they get it going. But um, it's been such a blessing for me to be able to go on these mission trips. It changed my whole world. To see people that are so needed, but so content and so open arms and heart to learn. And it's not about just learning about the word, it's learning about the truth. And I think that's what's one of the most important things of our uh, trip in general is one of the things we say what is the most important thing, what are what are we going to El Salvador for or Honduras or Panama? It's to save souls. That is the most beautiful thing there is to share the truth with someone and for them to accept the Savior as their Savior. It's just phenomenal to see that happen. I'm gonna be try to be real quick. I'm gonna go over some of the numbers with you. Um, we have people here tonight from Franklin, Kentucky. Stephen Kirby's brought his group down. And they sponsor the church in Tunacalopeque. And every year, he brings uh, several young kids with him down there. Not young kids, you're young adults. And um, what they do in this town is phenomenal. They, they try to switch things up and bring some of our children with them, uh, some of our translators and stuff. It's phenomenal, that's what's going on in that town. And Stephen, we thank you, brother. Uh, there's people come from Brushy. There's people come from all over the United States. We think uh, feel that's over in Honduras right now. We've got a team that's getting ready to go to El Salvador. We just got a team come back from. Let's start talking in Brazil. God is good. We can't outgive him, and let me tell you, none of this that's going on could happen without the generosity of you guys. It has changed so many people's lives of the generation of Mount Juliet the the generate well can you talk now? <laughs> all right uh, of what you guys do uh, but I am kind of upset with buddy pickler <laughs> uh, I've done you know, flexibility is the next second thing that, that we've asked everybody to, to do and to be is to be flexible. Well, Buddy put me in a pickle this this year and asked me to be the team leader. Well, you never realize how tough the other man's job is until you try to do it. And I've already been called while I was over there, Buddy Pickler. <laughs> um, I, these guys did the same thing that I did to Buddy, so I knew what they were doing. And I knew the answer, but it still got called Buddy. So Buddy, I have a new lookout life for you, Buddy. <laughs> um, I'm going to go over some of the numbers. Doctor patients this year was 843 patients. The pharmacy patients was 795. The, f- the prescriptions that was given out was 2,746. And to see the people, some of our medicines are vitamins, worm medicines, coals, just stuff that a lot of it we can get across the counter here, that they would not have an opportunity to get that medicine without some of the things that we do, that we, we, we bring with us or we buy down there. It's phenomenal to see the lines coming in, to see the doctors and stuff. It's just phenomenal. and. That is one tool that god has given us to get the people there to hear the word it's phenomenal to see it happen guys uh, eyeglasses was given out was 325 and to see people that would have never had an opportunity to see it, it's it's older men and older women that you can tell by the first time they've actually seen A bright color or a word that they or a letter that they never could see before to see that happen I'm telling you guys you need to try to do it one day Uh, we had head scrubs we had some of the young ladies doing that and some of the young guys that was phenomenal and we had 148 of those Um, in the years past you know it's it's, we've had a lot of lice in places we go but the last couple of three or four years it's not been bad down there so that's a blessing Uh, the children's daytime classes we had 305 and like Carter said when you have 305 children uh, it takes an army to keep them under control sometimes but uh, you know we had police protection we had uh, a lot of adults that would kind of give them the eye and they started to behave so that's a good thing Uh, we had the um, children's nighttime classes was 446 the men's uh, morning Bible classes was 148. The ladies, they struggled a little bit. They had 86 women in their Bible classes, and I think it was kind of a competition there. The guys went out and just started picking up and grabbing anybody they could get to come in to beat the ladies. Ladies, y'all did a good job, I'm just saying. Uh, the school evangelists, now that's, this is what's phenomenal to me. You know, they try to stop us from saying prayers in church, and in, in, in schools. There was 13 schools opened up their doors to our people to come in begged us to come in they're looking forward to seeing what we have to offer Uh, and out of those 13 schools that they visited these children's talked to 2264 children that's phenomenal shared the God's Word shared the truth with these kids that's never heard it before that's phenomenal Uh, the teenage Bible classes 376 that's awesome Uh, the adult Bible classes 402 Um, the the Bible studies was 249 but inside of those uh, Bible studies we had uh, 276 people fundamental classes that's teaching the people the fundamental of God's words what it takes to become a Christian how to to to, to really start a Bible study, tell them what the the true fundamentals, the steps of every day, of what it takes to become a Christian. There was uh, 16 classes of those. Or 16 people in those classes, and that that's great. We had the most important thing of this whole trip. We had 10 Bible uh, baptisms, and the day we left, they had another one. So they made it. Uh, exactly 11 baptisms but they had two registrations um, the church that we went to in um, put it upon um, Center Chapel they sponsored that church last year they, they met in a small building throughout that whole year it was a little bitty building that was not so much bigger, bigger than this stage here and with the help with center chapel and the people there the place that we worked out of this year we we made it out of the pharmacy that's going to be the children's classes but right now they're using it for a church they have the 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 gold and they're they're working on to build the church it's going to cost around a little over forty thousand dollars to build the church but you know today There's about eight congregations down there that's been supported through the United States, Franklin, Kentucky, Mount Juliet, Center Chapel, that would not have been hearing God's words without your help. Um, It's not about numbers, but it's a a boost when you've worked through half the week and you've got all those children coming around. In In this location, there's 30 children, faithfully, every week come into this building to hear god's word now they also they do they come for the 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 little cookies and the drinks and stuff but they get an opportunity to hear god's words now if that's not the future of the church we don't have one that was so awesome to me to hear that um the adults they struggle uh, but those children come pretty faithful and to have 30 children faithfully to this one church uh, center chapel is keep keeping up with these guys and girls and, and uh, it's phenomenal i want to thank you guys mostly for helping us do this and keeping us in your prayers and thoughts uh, david mittens going to come up now and say a few words and it don't look like we're going to have slides for you guys but maybe one day we can do that because there's some awesome pictures to see someone getting uh, baptized in a lake that is a volcano and this volcano is active and to have a a village to to move in around the lake to take advantage of that but knowing that that's a volcano and it's still active because i know i've put my hands in it in the crack and it gets hot thank you
2: In a few moments, we're going to have an invitation, and that, uh, the number of the song will be 9-11, if you want to turn there, 9-11. You know, I think everybody has been thanked, but I really want to uh, thank Dennis Buchanan-Buck for the work that he did this year. If you've been down there with Dennis over the last few years, you know what he likes to do. He likes to go, go, go. He likes to fix, fix, fix. This year, he had to stay in in one spot and let everybody come to him with their problems. This is definitely outside of his comfort zone, but he did an awesome job, and we all appreciate that. We did miss Buddy this year, even with the job that Buck did, and we look forward to him. If his kids will quit having kids, maybe we can get him down there. (laughs) Might want to talk to him about that a little bit. If you ever go to El Salvador, especially the first year that you go, you will be uh, encouraged, if not required, to go to some meetings uh, to prepare you for what you're going to see down there, what you're going to experience. And Dennis already touched on it, but the thing that that you'll hear over and over and over again, and you'll be asked over and over and over again, is, why are we going down there? And the answer is, to save souls. Now, I'll have to admit, the first meetings I went to, you you hear it over and over again, and, and I was thinking, I get it. I know the reason we're going down there, Buck, you don't have to mention it again, Buddy, you don't have to mention it again. I realized after being down there for a while, it's not as simple as it sounds. Some of the things that you experience down there, when when you first get there, you go through customs, which is, Sometimes, depending on who's working there, it's just like in America, you, you can go somewhere and if you get the right person, it happens quick. If you get the wrong person, you're going to be in line for three hours. Customs is an experience down there. Every time I get through it, I'm thankful because I'm afraid some year during that experience, I'm going to find myself in a cold room in a hospital gown. And uh, I, really, I really don't want to have to do that. I really wouldn't do that if I didn't know we could save souls. After you get through customs and you think you've got it, you've got it beat, you step out into the heat. The heat down there is, is like it is here in July and August. The difference is there's no break from it. You don't get to step in an air-conditioned room at some point and get some relief. But after you get through customs you go out and you stand on a concrete slab anywhere from an hour to two hours. And it's miserable. To me, that's one of the the worst parts of the trip is you think you've got it beat and then you stand in the heat with very little shade for a couple hours. There's one reason I would do that, and that's to save souls. After you get on the bus and it looks like something that probably went to Woodstock one day, After you get on the bus that has no air conditioning, and I think the, the exhaust pipe runs up into <laughs> where you're sitting, and you stay on that for about two hours, there's one reason that I would I would do something like that, and that's to save a soul. Uh, when you get there and you see the accommodations that you have, this year we, we had uh, Uh, they call it the rock house or the rock castle. It was basically just three open floors. We cooked on the bottom. The men stayed uh, on the second floor and the women stayed on the third. You slept on the floor. Uh, You had air mattresses and they stayed up about half the night and you'd get up and have one of the kids blow it back up for you. (laughs) That was kind of fun. you go and you check the shower situation and, and you can tell the only thing that's used that shower in the last two years has been a pigeon. <laughs> you get nothing but cold water. Uh, we probably had 50 guys on the floor. We had three toilets that, you know, if you flush a tic-tac, it's going to stop up on you. <laughs> the only reason that I would do that and go through that is to save souls. That, that is really the, the entire reason. When, when people ask me, why do you go down there? Save souls. That's, that's, really, that's really it in a nutshell. I could talk to you about it. Carter did a good job. Buck gave you the numbers. We go down there to save souls. Mark 16, verses 15 through 16, the Great Commission, says, go unto all the world and preach the good news. And it goes on to say, who who believes and is baptized will be saved, and the ones that don't will be condemned. I'm afraid that there are a lot of people in El Salvador in Central America and the whole world, but we're talking about El Salvador right now, I'm afraid that there are a lot of people that are never going to hear the good news if we don't continue to make these trips, if we don't continue to go down there with, with one purpose, to save souls, if we don't have people like Phil Wagner that has basically dedicated his life to making sure that that happens every year. I'm a big sports fan, but I have to tell you, there's not a sports or an athlete in the world that is my hero. I enjoy watching them play, they're talented. I don't really look up to any of them. I look up to men like Phil Wagner. A man that dedicated, uh, after college, the first part of his life to making sure that our kids got the right start. And then he moves on and takes on something even bigger. And what he goes through down there to keep that work going, uh, you wouldn't imagine. The only reason I would go to save souls, but I need to tell you, Another reason, a, a bonus that I get out of it. If you have brothers and sisters in this auditorium right now, and you wish that you could build on your relationship with them, and then feel more like a brother or a sister, this is a trip that you want to go on. Let me tell you folks, when, when you go through some, some discomfort, when the cell phones don't have signals, when the laptops closed, when the TVs aren't on, and when the iPods aren't running, that's when relationships build. And I'm not just talking to to our kids. I noticed the one thing at, at camp, we don't let them have all these devices at camp. They can bring them, they have to stay in their cabin. And you can notice from the beginning of the week to the end of the week, the relationships that build. When you go to El Salvador with with these brothers and sisters and and you go through some of these things that you go through with them, and at the end of the day, after you eat, instead of thinking, I just want to lay down, you walk down to a dock, you weave your way through the mosquitoes and the frogs and whatever, because you can't wait to get down there to sing praises to God with your family. That's just a bonus that comes out of us going down there to save souls. Another bonus is I wish you could see the way that our kids work down there. If you're ever worried about young people or the young people in our congregation, you need to go on this trip. When you scrub somebody's head for lice that you've never seen before in your life, that's being a servant. When you pick up a a baby that maybe doesn't have diapers or has one diaper for that day and it doesn't bother you and you show them love, that's being a servant. Our kids get out of their comfort zone down there And that's just another bonus out of going down there to save souls. And I hope you'll encourage your kids if they haven't been to go do this because they will grow. At the end of of all our services here at Mount Juliet, uh, we offer an invitation. And we're going to do that tonight. But really, I look at the invitation that we receive here as more of a gift. We get, in, we get invitations all the time. We get invitations to weddings. We get invitations to wedding showers. But what we get from this pulpit every week is a gift. I don't know if you can remember when you were a kid, but when I was a kid, every Christmas there would be that one present under the tree that, that I just couldn't wait to get to whether it be because it was the biggest one under there, or the size fit exactly what I'd asked Santa Claus for, or because when I shook it, it sounded right. But there was that one gift, and I'm sure that that all of you did that when you were kids and probably as adults, too. You couldn't wait to get to it. Did you ever get to that Christmas morning and your parents say, "Okay, you can tear into it and decide, not to open that gift did you ever decide you know what it looks so good in there I'm not even gonna open it as a matter of fact I'm never gonna open that my entire life I'm just gonna leave it wrapped I'm not even sure what's in it the invitation that we receive and that's fixing to be offered is a gift The great commission that we we go to El Salvador to obey that command happens here every day. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I'm inviting anybody that hasn't done that to accept this gift, to accept this invitation, and come forward in front of your family tonight and be baptized. The Bible also tells us you who are weary and are heavy laden, come unto me, and I will give you rest. This is also an invitation for rest if you need it. Some people are bogged down with the worries of life. You're bogged down with sickness. You're bogged down with depression. You're bogged down because your children don't act the way you want them to. Children, you're bogged down because your parents are having trouble, because there's divorce, there's separation. And God says... Come to me and I will give you rest. Sometimes that rest doesn't come until your family starts praying for you. And there's some here tonight that know exactly what you need to do and you haven't been doing it for whatever reason. Repentance is turning around. If you just need to turn around tonight, then you can respond to this invitation, you can accept your gift. Whatever it is that you need, you can come as we stand